0: Welcome into another episode of the Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyle Matrician, and this week we are sitting down with Sienna Durr from the women's basketball team and Jake Killingsworth from the men's basketball team. Mike Kowalski may be joining us for this podcast, we're not sure yet, but (laughs) sitting down with me right now for the first of our two interviews is Sienna Durr. Uh, Sienna, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, I'm very happy to be back, Kyle. Happy to be back.
0: You're on the podcast last year, Sienna, a sophomore from Grinnell, Iowa, attended Grinnell High School. Last year was the 2018-19 Ivy League Rookie of the Year. The, I'm going to run through all your accolades real quick. Okay, and my, cool, not, cool. Not, not, don't mean to embarrass <laughs> you at all, but got to throw it all out there. The Ivy League Rookie of the Year, first in Columbia history. Uh, the All-Met Women's Basketball Division I Rookie of the Year, which encompasses the 21 schools in the New York City and surrounding areas. Also very cool. You were the USBWA National Freshman of the Week once last year. That was exciting. And you were second team All-Ivy League. And you are the record holder for most points scored by a freshman in Columbia women's basketball history. And that's a 35-plus year history. So congratulations to you on all of that last year. Thank you very much. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is I want to get everybody caught up with what's happened with the team over the last week uh andrea mccormick was on the podcast last week and we left off with her with the win over fordham the win over the defending atlantic 10 champions and then last week the team took its first big trip of the season out to western new york and out to pittsburgh flew out to play buffalo the mac champions last year who've been in the ncaa tournament multiple years in a row and then took a bus ride down to robert morris in the pittsburgh area to take on the defending nec champions So three games in a row against three defending conference champions. Uh, Quite a tough schedule, but Columbia won two out of those three games. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's start first with the Friday night game at Buffalo, the defending MAC champions. Uh, Very close game. The Lions were winning most of the game. Yes. Uh, fourth quarter got away a little bit, Just but <laughs> uh, you had your best game of the season 31 points, maybe the best game of your career 31 mm-hmm. points, 13 rebounds, both career highs. You went 11 for 21 from the field, 5 for 10 from three. Uh, like I said, Columbia leading most of the game. I mean, would you feel like that was the game for you this season to kind of like step into your sophomore year?
1: Yeah, I would say it was really good to, like, get back into it. Some could say, like, get your swag back, kind of. Um, The first couple games of the season, I obviously wasn't producing how I was last year. I was kind of trying to, like, find my place in a new set of players along with our freshmen in here and kind of figure out where I was going to fit into all of it. Um, For the Buffalo game, I had such an intense locked-in focus during warm-ups that I, like, hadn't had before. And later on, Coach Roz told Coach G, he was like, she's either going to foul out of the game or she's going to have 30 points. She's that locked in. We don't don't know which one, though. Either is very plausible. But I'm happy that it was the latter. Um, So I was just, like, very locked in and, like, really locked into the game plan. And I was just trying to do what I needed to do to get this win. Like, the game was back and forth, the whole game. It was really exciting, uh, emotions were high, like, there was a little bit of back and forth in there, Buffalo's really scrappy, they play really hard, really aggressive, and I felt like we matched their aggressiveness as well. Like We don't usually play like that as much, but we had two opponents that were very aggressive this weekend, and we were able to match their intensity um and I thought we did a very good job with that so Buffalo was a really fun game to play um it was really great to get back into it score a couple more points stay in the game not foul out not being foul not
0: foul out I I, I, mean the first few games of the season I'm (laughs) sure anybody who listens to this podcast might know struggle with some foul trouble but the whole trip (laughs) I would even say Mm -hmm. not in foul trouble Mm
1: -hmm. at all and then 31 points. I'd say that's pretty good growth. To very good. Quick growth. Yes. Learned very quickly exactly. this year. Because um, it's much better to be on the court than on the bench. Yeah. So. And,
0: uh, I'm sure the team was yes. very happy to have you exactly. on the court. And
1: <laughs> it was an interesting night to
0: play Buffalo because they were honoring last mm-hmm. year's conference championship yeah. team. So you guys kind of had to sit through that. and watch. It wasn't a very mm-hmm. long ceremony. I think they were very respectful of the yeah, fact yeah. that uh, you know the game was going on. They didn't want you guys sitting there for too long. But still, to, you know, see all of that happen, maybe emotions running a little bit high for them uh, as the game tips, but an incredible first quarter. I mean, I think it was 28-20 to 20 mm-hmm. Columbia at the end yes. of the first quarter. I mean, a crazy pace to the start of that mm-hmm. game. Like, what do you remember about the start of that game?
1: Um, well, yeah, they had their ceremony, and we were kind of sitting there through it. We had our little talk, and then <laughs> Coach G, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she was like, forget about that, <laughs> like... <laughs> Like You can't focus on that at all. It's like, okay, now let's go hand them a loss, <laughs> like, yeah. uh during their ceremony. Um, but the gym was very loud. They had a lot of people there. And a good it's crowd. Good honored. crowd. I think so they announced
0: over 1,500 yeah. in that gym. Very nice yeah. gym once mm-hmm. all the bleachers are out. Exactly. Very interesting to practice in when all the bleachers are yes, pushed in. <laughs> exactly
1: um so like the gym was really loud it's really great to have that energy in there like get both sides just like really hype really excited to play um and then we were off and it was just back and forth back and forth it was like we were just trading buckets with them and I was like we just need to get stops here and so we ended the first quarter I think up by eight and it was like okay how are we going to sustain this like scoring 28 points in the first quarter that's kind of wild I think shot
0: think. over 70 percent in the first yeah, quarter I mean right.
1: mm-hmm. I know Abby Shu was on fire she was 13 going crazy. points in the first quarter exactly so you know uh basketball is a game of runs and it just there's some ups and downs to it and you just have to brave the lows when you get to that so I felt like we did like a fairly good job of that until we reached the fourth quarter emotions were kind of high we we're starting to get a little tired um but we we played hard all the way through and I was really proud of how our team worked
0: Little side note about your thirty-one point game. The ties for the eleventh most in oh. Colombia in a single game. I was really hoping you were going to hit one of those free throws at uh, the end yeah. to get into the top <laughs> 10, 32 points. But I'm sure that will. This will not yeah, be your last yeah, chance yeah. to get in there. <laughs> um, but like we mentioned, I, I mean, I think the uh, final score was eighty-two yeah. seventy-five. The seven-point game mm-hmm. just got away a little bit late, but a battle-tested team, and then. We're going to skip Saturday for a second, the travel day. We'll come back to it. But we're going to talk about the Robert Morris game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You went down to Pittsburgh to play the defending NEC champions and came out on top in that game. Yes, we did. (laughs) Uh, A very different game from the Friday game. A lot of turnovers for both teams Mm -hmm. in the Robert Morris game. Robert Morris just plays such a different style. What is it like for you to try to play a Buffalo team that is uh, very fast-paced in the way that that game went? and then play a Robert Morris team who's fast-paced but in a different way where they want to cause havoc and cause turnovers.
1: Yeah. Um, so they were also very aggressive. like Defensively, they were up on us at all times. We had so many turnovers in the Robert Morris game. I'll say I'm really happy we came out with a win, but it was some ugly basketball. It's um, nice when
0: that happens, but yes. you still win the game yes. and can learn from it with a
1: exactly. win. Exactly. Like, Coach G came into the locker room. After the game, and she was like, looking at this stat sheet, we should not have won this game. There was nothing on the stat sheet that said that we should have won. But that just shows how hard we battled, and like we made key plays and key stops when it really came down to it. So during that fourth quarter, we had some people really step up on defense, gra- uh, get some good stops, get some good boards. And we were able to come out with the win by the grace of God. <laughs> <laughs> A
0: Crazy uh, ending to that yes. game. Uh, it looked like for a second, I mean, uh, it was really it, the second half, especially a little bit of a struggle for each team to score. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Morris took a seven-point lead, which in that game, did not I don't want to say seemed insurmountable because it wasn't, but a seven-point lead in that game was very different from what a seven-point lead might have been in Friday's game against yeah. Buffalo. And then two big threes by Michaela Markham mm-hmm. and Abby Shue, and then all of a sudden it's a one-point game, and things are even going into the final five minutes Interesting stat, we didn't make a field goal the last 5 minutes and 55 throws, seconds of right? the game. It was yeah. all free, all free throws, throws, but played well enough defensively Sometimes. to <laughs> get away with that win, 61-59. to uh, Crazy ending to the game, I think with about 45-48 seconds left, you went to the line, you mm-hmm. hit two free throws mm-hmm. to put Columbia up 60-59. Yeah. Uh, good defense on the other end, I think, uh, by Callan Spiller to block a mm-hmm. shot or get in there and get the rebound. Mikayla hit one of two to make it 61-59. A couple other trades back and forth. We missed two free throws, and then they had a shot to win the game with a three at the buzzer. And like you said, maybe by the grace of God, it did not go in. (laughs) Uh, And Columbia comes away with the win. So a one-in-one trip against two defending champions last week. And another part of that trip that I just skipped over before that I'm going to bring back up was the Saturday – uh trip the saturday in between the two games went over to erie pennsylvania where mm. andrea mccormick's from and spent some time at andrea mccormick's house just uh, talk about that a little bit
1: yeah that was so much fun i love when we go on these trips to take people home because we always get to go to their houses we get to see where they grew up we get to meet everybody in their family we get to have a nice meal we had tacos at dre's house and dre has seven siblings yes so there was so many kids to meet and it was so much fun Um, I've met a couple of them before but like never for that long of period of time. So it was really fun to like hang out with them. I know that a large part of the coaching staff was just in watching football for a lot of the games I was included uh, in that the not not, I'm not a yeah. coach but I was with the coaching <laughs> yeah, staff a lot watching of staff some football. Was watching football yeah and then we were like downstairs in the basement just like playing with toys they had we like had a little hoverboard, downstairs. The hoverboard. We were, like, I saw a row on, just on turn- the hoverboard yeah. before <laughs> surprisingly I did not fall off of it and it was a lot of fun usually I'd be like yeah I'm gonna break something on here but it was you so should have seen I don't know that. if you were down
0: there Jossum got on the hoverboard. Oh, no. um, I think it was before you guys got down there. He, he was Johnson one of the graduate assistant uh, <laughs> with the team. He, he was on the hoverboard. It took him a little while to get on there, mm-hmm. but then he, once you get comfortable on yeah. it, I feel like yeah yeah, it's
1: fine. yeah. but there's this one spot where like you can just start spinning in circles just going and going and I was doing that. it was so fun and then you stumble off a little bit but it was a good time.
0: And a uh, very nice setup that the McCormicks gave the team mm-hmm. when you got there. They had like a whole Mexican bar mm-hmm. set up for the team. Uh, you know, beef, chicken for tacos. I think I just crushed up some hard shell tacos yeah. and made like a little de facto nachos plate. <laughs> um, but then that night, uh, again, had yeah, more Mexican, Mexican food on the
1: trip that night. Yeah, two times in a row. But oh. you know, it's
0: pretty good. Pretty <laughs> good. Uh, but on those on those long road trips like that, I mean the team, you know, we talk about team bonding and, Mm -hmm. you know, being around, being around the team and getting to know one another. What was, uh, kind of a cool moment for you on that trip?
1: Um, I think, I think the coolest moment probably was at Dre's house. Um, everyone was doing other things and I was just in like the back room with two of Dre's siblings. Dre has a little three-year-old sister. And she was like playing around on the iPad, and then she like started getting up. She was being so active. A couple other people trickled into the room, and it was just so cool to have those moments with like this little girl who like doesn't really seem to know what's going on, but she was just having such a good time playing with us, giving us hugs. We were like passing the ball back and forth. Like it was, it was so sweet. I really loved that moment. Yeah.
0: And another cool moment on the way home in the airport, I guess two cool moments. First in the airport in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and then in the airport once the team landed in JFK. Touch on that a
1: little, let everybody know what happened. Right when we got into JFK on our way to Buffalo, we actually ran into Ayesha Curry, Steph Curry's wife. So that was really cool. Just have like a celebrity sighting. And then on the way back home, Uh, before we got stuck in Pittsburgh forever in the airport, that was not a fun time, we saw the uh, smallest woman in the world. I actually, I think I was like sitting somewhere like drinking a smoothie and this woman who was like carrying uh, this small person uh, like got off the moving walkway and I noticed her and I was like, oh my gosh, I recognize her from American Horror Story. Like that is the smallest woman in the world. And people were like, "No, no, that's not her." I was like, "No, it really is." And I like pulled up a picture really quick. I showed him like, "Oh my god!" And then we went back to where the rest of the team was, and we told them. And then a big group of people went up, and they're like, "We're gonna go find her." I was like, "That I don't know about that. Maybe like calm down a little bit. I'm not sure if that's the best idea." But they eventually went and find found her. They were like really nice about it. They got a picture with her. Was so said the
0: whole team got a picture with her. Yeah,
1: like majority of the team. I okay. didn't go because I thought it might be. Like no, I but she was really much. nice. Yeah. She was really nice about it. Um, so that was really cool that we had two celebrity sightings on the trip as well in the airports.
0: And then a funny story. like I'm going to bring up Jossum for a second <laughs> time on the trip. I to, uh, talk about that a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, so when Jocelyn found out that we did see the smallest woman in the world, he got so excited because it actually turns out that she is the highest paid American Indian actress because she got so much money for each of uh, American Horror Story episodes that she was in, like a million dollars or something per episode. So she's, like, the highest paid uh, American Indian actress. So she, he got super excited. He went and found her family, and he I think he got a picture with her, and then he had, like, a nice conversation with her family in Hindi. So, like, that was really amazing. Really cool experience mm-hmm. right
0: there. All right, we're going to get back to basketball. Uh, this week, coming up on Saturday, the team travels to Army, mm-hmm. uh, a team that – uh, was the home your first home game at Levy and Gymnasium last season? Yes. Uh, Columbia 170 to 49, but uh, a different team this year mm-hmm. going to play Army on Saturday. What do you, I don't know how much you guys have scouted them yet or anything. You don't want to dive too much into it, but you know what do you know about Army and what does the team have to do to be successful?
1: Um, I know that Army plays a lot faster than they did last year. It's kind of a completely different team. So a lot of their game is transition, like we like to play fast, but they actually play more of their possessions in transition than we do. So we really have to be ready to run with them and play really good transition D and pick them up early and just like stay with them the whole game. Um, So we worked on that uh, today in practice. We haven't done a lot of scouting yet, but I know that's going to be a big factor with us uh, for us is to just like stick with them in transition and pick them up.
0: And we wish the best of luck to you and the rest of the team on uh, Saturday at Army. Thank you. And now we're going to head over to part two of our podcast. Thank, uh, Sienna, thank you very much for joining us for part one, where Mike Kowalski and I will be sitting down with Jake Killingsworth from the men's basketball team.
2: All right. Here we are with part two of the Inside Columbia Basketball podcast. Kyle's back with us pulling double duty this week, and we are joined by Jake Killingsworth. Jake, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming back.
3: Hey. Thank you for having me pleasure.
2: So, so far, we've had a lot of big games uh, against Wake Forest and Virginia. Talk about playing in those types of environments and how that can help you guys moving forward.
3: Mm. Um, Well, first off, they're great learning experiences early on in the season. Um, Virginia and Wake, they both offer us looks that we don't get um, by playing other teams, by playing league teams. So it's great development all around. Um, Also, for the young guys and for the returners, Um, It's just fun. Uh, You go out, you play in a different environment, a much bigger arena, um, more fans, more media coverage. um, Everything's just escalated. So it it really is a good time. It's exciting just to go out there and compete, forget about everything else and uh, just try and make some national headlines.
2: You know, you're not paying attention to all this stuff, but I can when I'm sitting by the bench. Mm -hmm how do you guys not get caught up in some of the pomp and circumstances? Like, Wake Forest's intros were kind of over the top. They had a motorcycle out at center court. They're revving an engine. The Demon Deacon is at center court revving a motorcycle engine as players are getting announced with two fire flames flipping out from the court. Like, how do you guys stay focused during that and try to get locked in for, you know, a a big game?
3: So that is the only instance in my collegiate career in which everyone just kind of stopped, like, staff included stopped and just like (laughs) looked at it like we're trying to like draw up our first few plays and like everyone's like sniffing and the whole arena just smells like gas (laughs) and then so even even coach Ingalls made a comment about that one that one was that was was a little crazy
2: going to UVA I thought the environment there was unbelievable I mean just the fans were really into it and got behind the team no matter what so talk about playing against the defending national champions a little bit more
3: yeah that's uh that was an eye-opening experience for sure. Um, everyone talks about Virginia um, when they talk about culture, when they talk about just through and through just basketball programs that get it done. Um, Virginia always comes up and you can see it on TV to a certain extent, but until you get to go to a game there, let alone play there, it's it's just a whole different level. It's it's very admirable. It's, um, it's impressive. I mean, they had students filing in at, 1120 as soon as the doors open just to pack the student section they almost sold the game out Um, the crowd was incredible Um, it was a great experience we learned a lot Um, trying to play against their defense is something that we'll we'll look back on at the end of the season and be like this is this is good that we got to go down there
0: now I know a lot of people probably see the scores of Virginia games Mm -hmm. and how low they keep opponents scoring But when you're playing them, maybe you can give some insight now that you've played them. What do they do defensively to hold teams like that? Is it just the pace of the game? Or, I mean, there's got to be more to it than that.
3: Yes. So defensively, they're very fundamental in that they're always in the right spot when they need to be. Um, So they don't give up penetration. And when they do give up penetration, they have the shot blockers behind them. And... They have the personnel just to be able to keep everyone out the lane. They can switch if they need to. They can blast. They were almost trapping Mike to get the ball out of his hands. They're just very fundamental on defense. Um, but the scores, I think, are just very dictated on their offense. They execute at a very high rate. Um, as of Sunday, I'm not sure if it's changed now, they actually ranked last in the country in, um, in pace of play. So they had the fewest possessions um, during a game of any, of any team in the country. Um, so they will walk the ball up the court, just run their offense, get exactly what they want and then come down and get a stop. And they just, just repeat that. Um, and so what we got in trouble, I think it was within like the end of the second, beginning of the third media. Um, so right about the 12 minute mark, um, our offense got a little stagnant. Um, we couldn't execute against their defense and then they just opened it up to, I think about 12 and then it was. With Virginia, when you look at the teams that beat them, they're the ones that can jump on them early, establish a lead, and hold it. Very few teams actually come back against them because of the way they play. Um, so that was about the game right there, right around 13, 12-minute 13, mark.
2: Despite those little lapses, you guys were able to hang in there, both with them and Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. How much confidence does that give you guys moving forward as we move on in the non-conference season?
3: Uh, tremendous. Tremendous confidence. To, uh, to prove to ourselves um, that we can play with them, that they are ACC, um, but at the end of the day, we went out there and competed, held our own, did what we wanted to do, um, especially in the weight game. I thought we put our mark on the game. We controlled the game for 39 minutes, and it was that last minute um, that it kind of got away from us, but that that's a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence, and uh, you, you kind of see it with the way that we move through offense in practice now, the way that we rotate on defense in practice now, so... Everyone's moving with a little bit more, I guess I call it swagger, and that's a little, that's that's very good to have on the court. Um, so it, it's looking good.
2: And defensively, I was pulling up numbers for game notes for this week. They're drastically improved. So what have been some keys to helping you guys uh, get to that next level defensively?
3: Yeah, so um, I think this time last year we were coming off the Fordham tournament, yeah, which we gave up 96 and 98 in back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is huge. So I don't think we've gotten more than 63 points this year. Right. Um, it's just been a staple. It's been preached, um, ever since the first day of practice, um, as, as much as those defensive practices have sucked, um, <laughs> while you're going through them. uh, it is, it's something that we had to hang our hat on because we would, we just wouldn't be good, um, if we hadn't. So the work's improving. We still have now it's, a, it's a lot of little things. It's, Weak side rotations into box outs. That's the way that way we're not giving up so many uh, offensive rebounds and just try not to foul. Trying to keep our big guys out of foul trouble, but it's 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 very improved, very improved, and that just has to go go to our staff just for just for working on it.
0: And like the schedule doesn't get much easier, Mike. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out if we're going to have played the St. John's game or not. But on Wednesday night we mm-hmm. play at St. John's. I mean probably a very stark contrast in terms of playing style from what you just played against Virginia to what you're going to play against St. John's they want to run they want to score in transition so how do you adjust mentally to do that after you
3: just played Virginia um that's actually a great question I hope we (laughs) I hope I hope we figure that out today in practice Uh, we had a great practice yesterday um so Monday we were filming this on Tuesday um so our Monday practice was great uh we got up and down a little bit, worked on our transition D, made sure everything's uh, in check there. Because they do, they just they get it out and they go, and they've got two guys who are just absolute dogs. Um, they'll shoot it whenever, and they're, they're great shooters, great scorers. Um, so this will test us, and in the past, we have struggled with switching speeds, going from a slow game to a fast game, mm-hmm. whether that's in a back-to-back or this wasn't really back-to-back. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, Mike, yeah. you sort of get the sense. It sort of feels like that. It's, it's yeah. Everything's moving very quick in the non-conference season yeah. right now. Um, so it's big. It's a mental game. It's a mental game. We, uh, we did scrimmage Manhattan in, like, one of those secret scrimmages. Yeah. Um, Manhattan and St. John's play very similar. Obviously, um, individually, St. John's has some better basketball players. Different personnel. Um, yeah, yeah, different I've personnel. Um, but talk about switching speeds. We struggled with Manhattan in the first half um got it together in the second half played very very well in the second half um so now that we've seen that hopefully we'll be able to get it get it up to speed this week as well
2: and overall what do you like about this team so far and what do you think the future holds for them as we move forward
3: um there's a very big sort of mantra of uh next man up with this team this year which is which is nice it's it's different since I've been here um a lot of great players, a lot of great talents, a lot of young guys, too, who don't have much game experience. Um, and not many people who have proven themselves on the college stage yet. Um, so if you go through and you look, at, you look at our games, you watch our games, there's uh, some games when people have, like, 10 rebounds. And then other games when Randy, I think he went out and grabbed, like, 16 against Bing and Tim. So it's everyone is eager to go out there and help out with what they need to do. Because, like, we're just excited to go out there and play. Um, it's not—it's not much of a uh, a stagnant kind of five that play throughout the game. There's a rotation that goes on, um, and everyone is close and enjoys seeing the other people succeed. Um, so it's fun to be a part of. It's hopefully it's fun to watch once we start winning some games in here, um, just closing them out. It's it's going to be it's going to be fun to be a part of.
2: And you touched on some of the younger guys, Jack Forrest and Cam Shockley, OKK, are getting some early minutes, some looks early on. Uh, what do you like about their games and their personality? How have they fit in so far?
3: Um, Man, so Jack was on here last week, correct? Yeah, yep. he is. I'm glad that you listen. Oh. Good. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Oh, no, I enjoy that. him. I enjoy him. Yeah. I enjoy him. Um, I'll let you continue. Sorry. I also have to kind of keep it track. Of. If anything <laughs> says anything, if anyone says anything about me, I got to make sure. Now you, you got to I know. know. I know. <laughs> Um, but Jack is incredible. He's, he's one of the most talented freshmen I've ever seen. Um, just absolute score. He, he's good head on his shoulder. He's going to be a great, great player. Um, and so all of this right now is, this is huge for him. This is huge for him. He, he has the potential to become a major contributor for us this year. I'm not like, not even down yeah. the line like this year. Um, his biggest thing for both of them, it's just, uh, communication just defensive communication um everything else will fall into place um they've played basketball for long enough to understand offensive schemes and all that um as soon as they both can establish himself on the defensive side it's gonna be hard to take them off the court and then s- same with Cam. cam's a uh, sort of like our randy 2.0 but a little more of a shooter yeah. um he could he stretches the floor in an aspect that we need um especially right now so both those guys are um, they understand what they're doing too. Like they understand the roles they're in and that they are contributors. So yeah, they're, they're, they're great. They're great.
2: I know we're taping this before the St. John's game on Tuesday, but how, how important is it for you guys to get into a flow of a back to back this early in the season to get, especially some of those younger guys ready for Ivy league play later on?
3: Um, it's important, but I, I just don't think you even get used to those back to backs. Um, it's, it's something that's very different. Um, and I think the the best way to you can emulate those is through practices, honestly, because mm. conference games just have a different feel. Um, it's much easier to kind of get up for conference games to uh, kind of ignore that soreness. Um, now it's just sort of there's no this is the best time of the year mm. for us because there's no light at the end of the tunnel right now. Right. All it is in front of us is just games. Yeah. Um, games and practices and scouts. And so. This is awesome for us, um, especially this early in the season. There should be no – I guess there is no, like, oh, man, we have to play again tonight. Like, no, it's, oh, thank goodness we're not, we're not having to practice right now. Like, thank goodness yeah. we actually go out there and get to hit someone else, that we get to play against someone else. So,
0: uh, All right, Jake, we talked about it a little bit before we came on, but you've been paying attention to the women's team. They had a good win over the weekend at Robert Morris. They faced three conference champs in a row, mm-hmm. uh, beat Fordham here, played a close game at Buffalo. Beat Robert Morris on the road. I mean, what's it like for you to, you know, you've been paying attention to it a little bit. Like, what have you noticed
3: with them? Yeah. Um, I mean, early on, early on success is big for any program. Um, it's good to see them win. I've had my fair share of friends come through the program. Um, and in the past, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle for both of us. Um, so to see them win, to see them happy, to see, I think, Jay pulled up and hit a buzzer-beating three at the end of – End of the first quarter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's that, awesome. Like, that's awesome. Like, you g- hop on Twitter and you see that clip and you're just like. Oh, that makes me so happy <laughs> that you <laughs> said that. <laughs> yeah, Clipping so that and putting it exactly, on Exactly. Getting it all oh, quick. thank so you. It's fun. It's fun. And then, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's awesome to see them do well. I mean, we have a lot of overlap with it, whether it's weight room, training room, court stuff. um, That's what I was going to ask you next.
0: Like how much interaction do you, does the men's program and the women's program have on a day-to-day basis? I mean, I know you guys practice right after Mm -hmm. one another, the women usually from 10 to one, you guys usually from one to four.
3: I mean, how much interaction is there there? Um, There's a decent amount Uh, both teams spend a good amount of time in Dodge. So when it's, when we don't really have to be here, we like to kind of get out and see a little sunshine, not really be underground. Um, but there is there is a decent amount. I mean, doing the rehab and the prehab and everything in the training rooms—that's uh, probably where the most interaction is. We see them in the weight room every now and then, um, and then Sunday afternoons when uh, no games are going on, just getting extra shots up. A lot of times, both both teams are in there together.
0: They uh, they come to they come to some of your guys' games. I mean, yeah, you, you guys. Yeah. I'm mean, sure when you have time during the non-conference season, go yeah, we to their we games. Were, we so were, were, were at you at uh, the Fordham game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah,
3: we were at the. Uh, I mean, that was, it was at Fordham.
2: Yeah,
0: they well, they played, no, they no. played home against no. St. Joe's first. We, played st- we yeah. were at yeah. the, uh, we the St. Joe's Fordham game. We were at the St. Joe's <laughs> game. Fordham would have been a better game to be in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we, were, we, were, we, we were on the road, right? Yeah, it yeah, oh, was yeah. the day of the week
3: yeah. game. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you got I remember uh, at the end of the game, Alex Oberweger, who does the production and uh, helps run our broadcast on ESPN Plus and SNY, he was keeping track <laughs> of the men's game yeah. uh, right after the women's game got over there because it was really close. Has there been any uh, fun moments on any of these road trips so far? On the bus it, that you can talk about on the air.
3: Yeah, they've been. It's been most of those stuff comes like post win bus yeah. trips, and yeah. so because they're pretty quiet coming back, going going to and fr- to and from the places. Um, that's true. I don't I'm trying to think like airport stories because trying to fly us is yeah, I know that's a, that's a know. lot to keep track <laughs> <No. laughs> of. I, w- I have this vision,
2: and I kno- I don't know how I can accomplish it, but I want to like follow Smoyer and when he goes up to the agent and oh tries to get the extra le- leg room like the art of like getting the exit row seat or something like that and, but I'm sure I'm going to have to like go up to the agent beforehand and make sure it's okay to record it oh, like, can, yeah. like it's going to have to like be like a whole process and I don't... It
3: would be my guess what he makes he would make the agent just as uncomfortable <laughs> as possible <laughs> until she switches it. Like, he's just not going to move. Yeah, He's like, I'm, especially because we've been on some small I planes. Know, um, I know.
2: The two planes we've been on have been So yeah. like how does he
3: planes. go about getting extra leg room? Like, I'd walk us through this process. So so I thought he got lucky the first time. So we flew to – Wake. W- was Wake – yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Flew, we flew to Wake. Um, and so, like, I'm used to small planes. Most of the planes I flying to Arkansas are very small. Right. So I'm just like, anytime I get on a plane and it's not like I'm ducking to get in, I'm like, oh, wow, this is nice. Um, so we're flying to wake and he gets, um, he gets an exit row and I was like, okay, maybe he's just lucky. Maybe someone within the program had it and just switched with them. Um, and then I see him, we get to Virginia, um, and we're flying down to Virginia and we, we've we got a lot of time there some a morning flight lines at security weren't, weren't long at all. Um, so we get through and I see him going up there and he's like just standing right by the, the desk agent. And I was like, uh, it's like, I guess maybe this is how he gets, how he gets those yeah. seats. Um, he was probably up there. He was up there for a decent amount of time and I think he just stood there and just wouldn't leave them alone yeah. until he got the extra seats. So, I don't it, blame works. Him. I it d- works. I don't well, blame him. Not. How, How
0: mean, tall is he exactly? 6'10". 6'10". Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, he's like a yeah, solid 6'10". Yeah, legit. Yeah, yeah. Like, it w- I just got this idea back a few years ago because it was always funny. Corey Osikowski and Alex Rosenberg, two of the, like, the most different personalities you're ever going to get and Corey always got it. And Corey was bigger than Rosie mm-hmm. but like, Berg just, like, the way he – I don't know if you've you probably talked to him and stuff like that. Oh, yes. But, like, you got to have a little bit of a smoothness to do that and get away with it and get it done efficiently. And Berg just didn't have oh. that at all. Like, it was like night and day <laughs> co- watching Corey try to do it versus Alex. And I'm like, first of all, Corey's got to get priority because he's taller than mm. you. And then secondly, like – you can't talk to people like that and yeah. expect to get what you want. <laughs> it was just really was that, funny. Like that was like. I can see that conversation <laughs> happening. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like they're both at the, the desk and like, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah, there's only so many exit proceeds <laughs> and we're not chartering. So <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> so so I've noticed, you know, is your mom kind of joining you on a lot of these road trips uh, mm. for the Columbia farewell tour here?
3: Um. Yes. So <laughs> it's um. my sister's a uh, high school senior. Um, so she's, she's actually committed to Wake Forest for tennis. Um, and so she splits her time, um, between our house and her training academy. So like week on, week off type, type thing. Um, and so when she's gone, uh, it's really quiet around, around the house. So my mom will try to come to, to, uh, a decent amount of games. I think she's coming up for Lehigh, um, in a few weeks, but, um, wake was actually my, that was the closest I played to home. Okay. Um, so I had... We had our own little student section. I think I had like, like ten or twelve people there. Um, a lot of family, a lot of young cousins and everything like that. Um, but yeah, no, she she loves coming to the game. So, and it, I think my sister's only gotten to see me play a few times in person too. So, nice. So tack, bring her yeah. along as well.
2: Be with Coach Engel's daughter down at Wake Forest I know, next year. I know. What's it been like having her around a little bit extra? Does it mean a little bit more? Does it, does it put any extra pressure on you or?
3: Oh uh, no, not not pressure at all. It's um. She really loves coming to the games. So it's it's nice to see when, whenever she gets to come, she's she's always very happy, very enthusiastic. Um and so it, I don't know, just it makes her happy. And so I'm I'm happy that she's happy. I'm happy that she gets to come to games and uh she loves the city as well. Um she's got her own little like area that she loves. She got her favorite restaurants now, so it's uh she loves coming up. She loves coming up and I love having her too. So nice. a lot of a lot of good food when that happens as well. All right, we've kept you here long enough, Jake. That's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Jake,
2: nice to meet you in person.
3: I know, finally. I've watched you play a few times, but I haven't got to meet you in person. Retweeted and favored some clips, too. I'm so happy. (laughs) You made my day. (laughs) You made my day.
2: So, like we talked about, the men this weekend have two games at Mohegan Sun. First up is Ryder on Saturday, November 23rd. And then they'll play either Vermont or Central Connecticut State on Sunday, November 24th. You can watch either of those games on ESPN3. Kyle, the women are back in action on Saturday as well. Tell us where they'll be.
0: Uh, the women will be at Army on Saturday, a little bit of a local game, not too far away, only about an hour or so. Uh, that game's out 1 o'clock, and that game can be seen live on the Patriot League Network.
2: And both teams are back home on Saturday, November 30th. 1pm women's game against Milwaukee that is correct. and the men are playing Lehigh at 4pm you can get tickets for those games and all non-conference games by visiting gocolumbialions.com slash tickets or calling 888-LIONS-11 if you can't make the game you can watch all the action on ESPN Plus subscriptions start as low as $4.99 per month and $49.99 annually and you can always do the bundle with Hulu and Disney Plus if you haven't done that already too All right, like we said, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.